I'm Amanda Peterson, Senior Editor at MDDI, and this is Let's Talk MedTech. Our guest today is John Master Totero, a veteran in the medical device industry who recently joined Movano, a company that is developing consumer wearables designed to deliver medical grade data. Now, John, you've had a long career in the industry and worked at um, Medtronic, where you were heavily involved in product and development for the diabetes business there. And uh, more recently, you worked at OrthoSensor, which was acquired by Stryker early last year. So tell us why you wanted to join Movano. Uh, coming to Movano is really allowing me the opportunity, maybe even go one step further, you know, to not only develop a, a, a solution that will help people who have certain chronic conditions uh, managed through those uh, at home, but also potentially help people who just want to try to maybe modify their behaviors or uh, live their life slightly differently to avoid ever getting chronic conditions like diabetes or hypertension. And, and so I'm really excited about having the opportunity to uh, help a very broad cross-section of people uh, who, who just want to live a, a healthier, happier life. It's really interesting um, how uh, just knowing that your um, steps, for instance, are being uh, tracked or being counted can really change a person's behavior. Um, I know I myself, I wouldn't consider myself a fitness nut by any stretch of the imagination, but just knowing that uh, my steps are being uh, tracked every day um, does kind of motivate me to want to get those extra steps in. I even, um, my, even my dog wears a step counter in his collar. And so not only am I checking at the end of the day to make sure I got my steps in, um, I'm checking um, the app that coordinates with my dog's collar to see if he got the activity that he needs in a daily, uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, it's interesting. And I would say that, you know, the same holds for uh, if you're monitoring your sleep uh, as well as activity, you know, you want to see, oh, did I get a good night's sleep last night? And then, of course, when we start to add a lot of the actual measures like heart rate and heart rate variability and respiration, temperature, blood oxygen, you know, et cetera, um, one of our goals is to translate those measures into what it means about your overall health. And and we we don't want to, you know, bombard people with data who are trying to say, well, what the heck do I do with all of this? Right. Uh, we actually want to distill it all down to, to insights for people that, that help them um, understand how activities of daily living and their lifestyle affect their overall health. John, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the trends in the wearable space. Uh, it seems like, you know, 10 years ago when the first um, Fitbit came out or a little bit more than 10 years ago now. Um, they were, were truly wellness devices. Um, they were not tracking medical grade um, vital signs like um, heart monitoring um, and AFib and things like that that they have that some of the uh, newer devices have capabilities of now, like with the Apple Watch. Um, so it seems like we're seeing more and more, um, of the lines between consumer wellness uh, wearables and medical grade um, wearables sort of blurring. What are your thoughts on that trend and where do you see it headed? Well, you know, first off, I think that the, the wearables started as step counters and, and were very, very far removed from medical devices. 
And I think what you've seen over the last five, 10 years is this this convergence. They're starting to 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 you know come closer to one another as a lot of the wearables start to uh, monitor things like heart rate and heart rate variability and and some of the more traditional you know medical metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're starting to see, okay, well, how is this data used and is it medical grade or not? And and so I think you know there's a lot of maybe questions uh, from folks about that. I, I certainly believe in general that this convergence is something that needs to happen. I think there's an expectation from consumers that we make medical devices more consumer-like. Uh, I also think that uh, driving a lot of the healthcare to the home is important for, for, for users, and obviously through COVID uh, was a necessity uh, to do that. Um, and so the approach that we've taken as a company at Mavano is to set ourselves up as a medical device company right out the gates. So we have a quality management system. We're developing our product using a process called design control. These are all stipulated as part of the FDA guidance documents uh, that we use. Uh, so, so that's how we're, we're, we're setting up right out the gate. And even to the point of our manufacture of our product, will be done at a medical device manufacturing facility. We want to do that, and we also want to conduct clinical trials on a lot of the metrics and seek FDA clearance for a number of different measures that we'll be making uh, with our solution because um, we want people to be able to trust uh, the data that that we're providing to them uh, and know that it's going to be reliable and, and have high quality, et cetera. Now, at the same time, We also want our solution to be what people expect from a consumer device in terms of usability, wearability, the look and feel, Mm -hmm. even the cost structure. And so we're trying to bring the best of both worlds together. Uh, And so we consider ourselves to be a little bit at the intersection of the two, uh, but fundamentally uh, be a medical device company. Okay, so tell us about your first product. So our first product is going to be a ring. Uh, designed specifically for women. And and so that that's really important to us for a couple of reasons. You know, as we look at the landscape today of the wearable market, it, it looks like a lot of the products were initially designed maybe for men. Uh, they, they're thicker, they're a little bulkier, often they're, you know, monochrome in color. Uh, and so we're trying to develop a, a ring which looks like jewelry at, at some level and, and, and is something that a woman would want to wear for those aesthetic reasons, separate from all the value that they'll get from it, uh, from you know the perspective of what it's doing as a as a medical device, and so that's the first thing. Uh, the next piece of it is the app experience. So as we're collecting data from sensors that are embedded within the ring, uh, that again revolve around heart rate, heart rate variability, sleep, respiration rate, temperature, blood oxygen, steps, calories, and other women-centric features uh, with the product. You know, we we want to have the app experience where all those that sensor data is going to the app and that app experience is something that resonates with women. And so we just don't want to show graphs and charts of data that people, you know, really don't have a good understanding of what to do with it. And, and we don't want to burden people with that. We right. want to go ahead and take that data and we want to distill it down to the insights that are relevant for, for the person and personalized uh, to the person based upon their goals uh, and objectives with wearing the product. It may be age dependent, uh, maybe where they are, you know, uh, currently in 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 terms of um, 
you know, child rearing or beyond. And so we want to make sure that we're providing them information that they see is, is very useful to them uh, in leading their life. And we also recognize that, you know, people are busy, right? They've, right. Got, they've got jobs and children and families and, and other things in their lifestyle. And we don't want to add additional burden. What we want to do is, is, is provide them some insights periodically uh, that are very meaningful to them and, and allow them to live their life at their fullest. You know, it seems like for a long time, there wasn't a lot of clarity from FDA about how these types of um, wellness devices that were um, tracking steps and things like that um, were um, regulated and, and how they were differentiated uh, from a regulatory perspective from the more um, me medical grade um, wearables. So how has that changed over the years? What are your views of the regulatory landscape for wearables today? Look, I think the FDA has done a great job of, you know, coming up with guidance for this. And and certainly there is some clarity now about what what it is a wearable uh, that's a non-medical device, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and even the language that a company that develops a wearable that may report heart rate or other metrics what language that they need to provide to users about what, you know, the fact that they can't use that data for medical applications, for example, right? And yeah. so that's very clear. Uh, now, obviously, you can pursue uh, an FDA clearance for various analytes that you're measuring, and certainly that's what we're going to be doing. And I would envision over the next, you know, two, three, four years, we may have five to seven or eight different measures that we're making that are, that, you know, we will have sought uh, FDA clearance for. Um, so things like the heart rate and the and the SpO2 and respiration, uh, there's diagnoses of a couple of conditions. And of course, we have a proprietary RF technology uh, that we've been developing uh, to measure glucose non-invasively and blood pressure without a cuff. Uh, and, and certainly those are, are huge opportunities uh, out there. And we're very excited about the progress that we've made there, both in terms of miniaturizing the, the, the RF technology uh, down to a very small chip that we can put into any form factor. And we've spent uh, a few years and tens of millions of dollars really miniaturizing that technology. And, and it's unique uh, at, the, at the frequencies that, that we're using for the measurement, getting it down to that size and then conducting clinical studies uh, for blood pressure and glucose to obtain data that's helping us develop machine learning algorithms that will be able to predict someone's blood pressure um, from that cuffless sensor or their glucose from the, the from the non-invasive RF. So, you know, we've got that happening as well in parallel uh, with the development of our first product, which would have kind of the core things I mentioned earlier. But, you know, we're looking at adding other analytes over time to the measures that are all relevant to women. So you've talked a lot about your first product, which is designed specifically for women, and um, that's awesome. Um, but what are you looking to do in the future with your future products? You know, in the future, we will do two things. Uh, number one, we will provide additional form factors. You know, so if a, if a woman, you know, likes her, likes her fingers for other rings, uh, we hope that ours will be one of them. And we're certainly making the look and the feel something that you would want to wear. Uh, but to the extent that they want to have it, you know, on a wrist-worn device or, or other location, we are looking at that long term. And as we provide more analytes and more measures, we'll also uh, have a solution for everybody, uh, including men, 
you know, not just women, but we thought it was uh, really important to to come out with a first product that, from our estimation, it was addressing an unmet need uh, in the marketplace, and that was a, a product specifically for women. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk MedTech. Thanks again to our guest, John Master Tatero, CEO at Movano. You can find him on LinkedIn. And visit us at www.mddionline.com for all of your MedTech news. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.